Hi all, Nick Mott here. I'm the producer of Richest Hill and a reporter for Montana Public Radio. Just wanted to let you know we're hard at work on episode four of the podcast and our host, Nora Sachs, is covering lots of super fun news in Butte right now. We thought this would be a great chance to introduce you to one of the artists and musicians who have contributed to this project behind the scenes. For this podcast extra, Nora sat down with local artist B.T. Livermore, who designed the Richest Hill logo and does lots of other creative work in the mining city. B.T. moved to Butte from Portland, Oregon in 2016 after spending time here as a visiting artist. Nora will be back with that interview in just a sec. Richest Hill is supported by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, family-owned, operated, and argued over since 1980, reminding listeners to think for themselves but drink with others. SierraNevada.com I'm B.T. Livermore. Maker of things and provider of services. So, BT, what do you do in Butte? I'm self-employed as a maker of many things, as I said, but I also uh, am an adjunct instructor at Montana Tech, and I also work for the Imagine Butte Resource Center, which is a nonprofit art space. I manage the uh, community printmaking studio, as well as help out in the gallery and do a lot of other planning and things like that that need to be done. You said you fell in love with it, Butte. Do you remember your first impressions of the city or what made you fall in love here? Honestly, right away, as someone who is a visual artist, there is an aesthetic quality to Butte that I enjoy. People here responded to my work in a way that I wasn't used to in a bigger, more artsy city like Portland, where everyone's kind of too cool uh, for themselves. Whereas here, people actually wanted to be, they wanted to engage with the work and they wanted to engage with the creator of that work. And as a creator of visual works, that was fascinating because I hadn't really experienced that that fully. We're so thrilled that you designed the logo for Richest Hill. And we had a few chats about what we were going for with this project, but the process was really, you took off and ran with it. So tell me a little bit how you came up with the logo or first what's in it, what the design is. Well, let's start with the basics. The design itself is a sort of cutaway side view of the Berkeley pit with a kind of brownish rainbow that is is over the top of it uh, including the the podcast title Richest Hill and the the process of going through it obviously I knew the concept for the for the podcast and when we had spoken and emailed about about some some basic ideas and um, one of the things that came up was uh, for visual inspiration was this series of safety posters uh, done by an artist named John Powers that were made for the Anaconda Company uh, in, I think, 50s to 70s. If you search for them, there's hundreds of posters made during that time period, and they're all incredibly visually rich and funny, and they have this really distinct style that John had, and it's actually a style similar to my own kind of natural cartooning style anyway. I don't know how to visually describe it. It's, it's cartoony. It's got a pretty heavy brush line work. There's some very specific lettering styles uh, that he used on the posters as well. And I tried to mimic those to the best of my ability and went from there. So it features a rainbow over the Berkeley pit, but you snuck some buried treasures in the sides of the pit, Mm -hmm. which we're not sure if they're there or not. Um, Can you tell me about what you put in there and why? I've done a few other illustrations in the past that involve sort of earth cross sections. And I think I also think back to old cartoons as a kid growing up. I always remember these ideas of like buried treasure or dinosaur bones that are sort of just being missed by whoever is, is digging. 
And so there's a number of things as we kind of go from ground level down, there's an old tire and there's uh, a pickaxe. And then uh, below that sort of just being missed by the pit, there's a huge treasure chest of gold. Um, and then towards the bottom, there is a dinosaur skeleton. And then there's a few few things. There's some mining drifts that are that are heading in as well. So I just wanted to tie some things that are sort of realistically there in Butte, and then some things that were a little funny. So why did you go with the central concept of a rainbow over the Berkeley pit? What does that symbolize to you? One thing that has always interested me about Butte is there's a sense of hope, even in in the face of you know. Superfund and decay of buildings and things like that and financial issues or anything like that. There's, there's a sense of hope. I know you have some other really amazing projects up your sleeve. Let's start with the Phoenix Fabrication Studio. I don't know if everyone really knows what a, a fab lab or a makerspace or a fabrication studio is. Uh, a makerspace, which I guess is the generally accepted term that I hear most of the time, is a community space. Usually it's it's member fee driven where people have access to equipment and space and materials that maybe they don't have the space for or don't have the funds uh, to acquire for themselves. So, you know, traditionally things like a metal shop and wood shop and um, things like 3D printing, laser cutting, things like that uh, are usually parts of makerspaces. Um, and those are all things that, you know, an entire wood shop can take you decades and thousands upon thousands of dollars. That, and that's even if you have the space to put that somewhere, uh, if you have a garage or a basement or anything, and a lot of people don't. And so what makerspaces allow people to do is, you know, pay an affordable fee per month to be able to come in and use that equipment. So we're, you know, we're sharing in the, the purchase cost of that equipment, basically, and allowing people to have access, but also safe access. There, there will be people on hand who are knowledgeable in how to use all the equipment we have. And the plan is to have metal shop, wood shop, ceramic studio, printmaking studio, studio, photo darkroom as sort of the basis. A lot of that comes down to uh, community need and community desire. You're also getting a new mural project off the ground. Tell me about that. Yes, um, I'm very excited about that. That's going to finally take off this spring and summer. We'll start. Um, last year, I was uh, awarded a SARTA grant um, to start a mural program here in Uptown. And the idea is that it will be five to six murals, which will all be within walking distance in Uptown. Um, so there will also be maps available, both digital and print, for people who are you know, tourists or locals that want to take, take a tour of all of them. And um, the idea is really to focus on focus on promoting um, aspects of Butte, Butte's history, but also aspects of present day life in Butte. Like why, why are people proud to live here now? But then also in thinking of some of them being historic, how do we focus on stories of Butte's history that are not necessarily at the forefront of Butte's history right now? How do we talk about communities that were here that are not necessarily forgotten, but maybe how do we tell stories that are not as well known about um, Butte's history as well? But I also really, I'm really excited to see, to have a modern take on it, to know why people why people are here, why people have stayed, why people have moved here. What is it about Butte that uh, is exciting and gives people hope now to be here? So I know you spend a lot of time thinking about Butte's past and Butte's future. What myth are you trying to bust currently about Butte? 
I think the word uh, hope has come up a few times um, as we've been talking. And I think whether it be the rest of the state or the rest of the country has, um, you know, some stereotypes about Butte and whether that be from a history aspect or a environmental aspect where Butte is not seen as a desirable, hope-filled location. And something I've come across in terms of trying to get artists to come out to visit or even friends to come out to visit is sort of overcoming overcoming that feeling of why would we want to come and visit Butte? Like, this is all we know about Butte. Why would that make us want to come here? And what I try to do in my own, in my own actual visual work that I'm making about Butte, but also what I do when I'm having discussions with people that I'm trying to get to Butte is really push that hopeful side. There's an incredibly friendly community here, both in the arts community and the outside community. And even in Butte's darkest times, from what I've heard, there was a sense of community and hope here. And that's, you know, why this city still exists. And I think just pushing that is kind of the biggest uh, myth I'm trying to bust, I guess, that there is hope here. And I'm I'm hopeful I can be a part of that. That was a conversation with B.T. Livermore, who designed the Richest Hill logo, which we love. You can find more info and links to B.T.'s work, the goings-on at the Imagine Butte Resource Center, and the John Powers Safety Posters Collection on our website, buttepodcast.org. Stay tuned for Episode 4.